0: Is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Anyone who's ever bought one of those cheap cricket sets will be aware of the pain caused by trying to keep the bales on. Of course, the original invention was an elegant solution to cricket's problem of trying to tell if the stumps had been hit. But they are a flimsy bit of wood that is made to come off. So some days they will. And because of this, cricket has four kinds of bales the normal pair, that almost all cricket matches in the world are played with, zing bales, which are slightly heavier than the others and obviously light up when they come off, the real heavy bales that are there for when there is a lot of wind in somewhere like Wellington, and then no bales at all, and the umpires are simply sick of replacing them on a windy day. The laws on bales are very strict. 8.3.1 is the law that you need to know. They shall not project more than 1.27 centimetres above the stumps. They shall fit between the stumps without forcing them out of the vertical. The overall length is 10.95 centimetres. The length of the barrel is 5.4 centimetres. The longest spigot, which is one of the little bits that comes out of the side, is 3.5 centimetres. And the shorter spigot is 2.06 centimetres. And the laws have to cover everything, including if you're playing a club match in Wellington, where the bales just won't stay on. That's where the no bales come in. So as per the laws, if the umpires have agreed to dispense with the bails in accordance with law 8.5, it is for the umpire concerned to decide whether or not the wicket has been broken. 29.5.1 says, after a decision to play without bails, the wicket has been broken fairly if the umpire concerned is satisfied that the wicket has been struck by the ball, by the striker's bat, the person or items of his or her clothing or equipment, or by a fielder in the manner described. As you can see, the laws of cricket are fairly well covered. But there is another option, and it happened in a women's B-grade match in Melbourne in 1932. It's actually completely remarkable that the match was even reported on at all. The Argus newspaper has this as their summary. Victory went to Footscray, which scored 70 runs to 47 in the first innings. However, there was a curious addition to this report. It was a windy day, as a result of which the bales kept flying off the stumps. The umpires, both of whom were male, decided to combat this in a novel way. They used chewing gum to keep the bales attached to the stumps. This is Double Century, the podcast on the history of cricket. This season we wanted to visit some of the weirdest stories in our game. Cricket has a unique ability to meld itself into cultures, even outside of sport, and produce kind of wild tales. So this season will include theatre, sausages, dogs, and perhaps the most famous disability match ever played. This episode, of course, is on Bail Tampering.
0: Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and injury insurance on your picks are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of of more than seven million players who have already signed up right now. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Just visit PrizePicks.com/play100 and use code Play100. That's code Play100 at PrizePicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Prize daily fantasy sports made easy. So your next question might be: Was this in accordance
1: with the laws? The 1884 code does not mention anything about bail tampering at all. Neither does any of its 16 revisions, the latest being in 1937 at that point. So there was nothing against chewing gum on the bales. Of course, laws do evolve quite a bit. What is a waste was a recent discussion within the MCC. Spit on the ball was another one after COVID. Kyron Pollard's intentional one-run short strike-stealing method was banned by the MCC. And there's an almost constant discussion over wides to reverse sweeps. But the chewing gum was one that no one had thought of. So this was not illegal. Generally, what happens in cricket is we have one big moment or lots of smaller moments. The discussions then reach the MCC. Of course, also now the ICC have sort of separate playing condition discussions. And then eventually a law is changed or a playing condition is added. There also has been times when the bails have been changed four different kinds of conditions. In his book, Next Man In, Gerald Broderick mentions the use of clay, the third day of Australia versus Players at Harrogate in 1902, and also iron bales, once used for the windy ground of Scarborough. The thing is that the iron bales were quite clearly incorrect and should not have been used. There's nothing to say that the clay or chewing gum should not have been. But rather than do that, what is expected in these sort of situations is that the umpires come together and decide that the bales are no longer working, and there have been a dozen instances of this at the top level, mostly in places like Wellington, where it's just too windy to keep the bales on the stumps. The weirder thing about this particular game is that the umpires went for chewing gum over no bales. We can only guess that their knowledge of the laws was either so little, or they were absolutely big-brained geniuses, and I think you can make your own assumptions there but the game is worth discussing further. One of the players who made runs, V. Chick, scored 26 in the fourth screen innings. However, there was a catch. When Chick was on three runs, a ball had hit the stumps and the bails were not dislodged. Apparently, the chewing gum was very adhesive. According to the Melbourne Herald, the ball glanced onto the wicket from Miss Chick's pads and shook them a little bit, but those bails remained on the wicket. Later, Chick would survive a stumping as well under, again, very bizarre circumstances. It was claimed that she was out of her crease when the Clifton Hill wicketkeeper touched the wickets with the ball, but was not able to dislodge the bales before the batter reached the crease. This was clearly the kind of chewing gum that sticks to your boot and never comes off. But you would have thought, after the first bold incident, that the umpires might have seen a small error in their grand umpiring plan. However, it gets worse, because if you deduct the 23 runs from the Footscray score, which is how much Chick scored after her first chance, the match would have been a tie. Obviously, things don't quite work like that, but either way, it was an important innings. So Clifton Hill later raised a protest. Despite having agreed to the conditions early on, they insisted that the match be replayed. On November 26, less than a month after the incident, the Victorian Women Cricket Association met on the topic. The committee, presided over by an L.C. Mills, dismissed the protest on the grounds that the association not have a rule in their constitution to govern such an occurrence. And if you think about it from a realistic point of view, outside the fact that Clifton Hill actually agreed to the chewing gum, the umpires had made an error. These things happen in games all the time. And so because of that, it shouldn't have been replayed. However, if I was involved with Clifton Hill, I certainly would have tried to get it overturned because this was just so bizarre, and more importantly, because the media were involved now. Most B-grade games around the world are not reported on, certainly not when it comes to women's cricket, but this one was in the news for quite a few days. It even moved beyond Melbourne and ended up in a comedy column in Sydney, and then later on, Despite the fact the bodyline was taking up a fair few column inches, the Times of London also covered it. In both cases, the women were blamed for the chewing gum. There was an element of women shouldn't play cricket or making fun of women playing cricket in a few of the articles. And in the Times, they went on to talk about how women are more equipped to tamper with the ball using their makeup. Weirdly enough, of course, modern cricketers are much more likely to tamper with the ball with long fingernails, which they would have been at the time as well. The interesting thing, of course, here is that such a small game getting so much press because two men probably didn't know the laws of the game is that it was only two years later that women actually played their first test. It would be unfair to say that the chewing gum bales got more attention, but also true that for women's cricket to get mainstream coverage, quite often something pretty big has to happen, or in this case, something small and sticky. Thanks for listening to Double Century. This podcast was made entirely possible by our supporters at Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Double Century is a podcast narrated, produced and co-written by me, Jared Kimber. Abhishek Mukherjee is the main writer and Nick McCorriston edits, mixes and co-produces the show.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.